Welcome to Friendly Words, the sermon podcast of Pratt Friends Church in Pratt, Kansas. The message you're about to hear was originally preached for Pratt Friends Church online on Sunday, September 5th, 2021. It focuses on being instant people, ready to meet Jesus at any time. The message to all who will listen is God's people should be ready to give an answer to those who ask about their hope. Now here is guest preacher, Roy Haynes. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we come in Jesus' name. Thank you for your awesome love and, and thank you that you care for each one of us. We just praise your name because you are God. You created us. You sustain us. You made a way for us to live forever with you through Jesus. Thank you for your love. And Lord, I pray that you would be with the people who have tested positive for COVID. I pray that your spirit would be close to them and that you would bring healing. Please help those in quarantine. Pray that you would just overcome this disease. And I pray that your spirit would be with each of your people. We live in a time when there are many hurts and troubles and difficulties. And I just pray that you would be with each one of us during those times, that you would give us courage and strength, that you would help us to be looking to you and know that you love and care for us. And Lord, please help us as we look into your word Open our hearts to your understanding. May your spirit speak. Thanks so much. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message today is Instant, In Season, and Out of Season. Now, I'm not talking about hunting deer or anything like that. We definitely live in an instant society. Decades of TV have taught us that things need to be resolved quickly. We want answers right away. We want things right away. We are instant people. Being instant people isn't all bad. As a preacher of God's word, I am called to be instant in season and out of season. That means I need to be ready to share Jesus at any time. Pastor Mike, during the last couple of weeks, has been sharing about end times and Jesus' return. He stressed that we are to watch and pray and that we don't know the day or the hour of Jesus' return. What he has said is the truth. In that regard, we need to be instant people. As we look at Jesus and his disciples, Jesus left his disciples with a sense that his coming could happen soon, at any time. Therefore, Keep watch, because you do not know what day your Lord will come. And the disciples carried on that expectation of Jesus' soon return. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, for in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. There are so many scriptures that echo that theme. Jesus wants instant people. This week I want to focus more on why we need to be instant people, ready to meet Jesus at any time. 
I'm about to share with you what I first heard from a Jewish Christian teacher named Zola Levitt, who is now with our Lord Jesus. As I listened to his message, I had several aha moments. Uh, that fits. He called this a love story. Back in the day, actually in Bible days in Galilee, a young man did not have to know a girl to marry her. He might have seen her for the first time that day or in the marketplace. Maybe his father was the one who saw her and decided, whoa, I think she would make a good wife for my son. They would know that she was not married, that she was available because she wasn't wearing a veil, a mask for us, across her face. At any rate, the young man might come knocking on her father's door that night, and he would bring with him three things. He would bring money, a marriage contract, and wine. The wine would be poured, and the proposal made. The money was for the father of the bride, assuming that she agreed. It was a substantial sum of money. It was like a down payment on a house. The contract basically called for three things. That the bride was to wear the veil whenever she was out in public, saying that she was unavailable. She was to remain at home and wait for her bridegroom to come and get her. And she was to have a little oil lamp, all trimmed, ready to be lit. The prospective bride could take her time, count the money, and read the contract. But she had to say yes or no. If she said no, she would have to wait, hoping that some other suitor, maybe more pleasing to her or more to her parents' liking, would come for her. If she said yes, she would take up the cup of wine and drink. If she drank from it, then her life would from that moment on belong to the groom. The groom would then stand and say, I go to prepare a place for you and he would leave. His bride would remain with their family. Now to make sense out of this, the bride would wear the veil to signify she was no longer available. She was bought with a price, the money for her father, the bride's price. She was required to stay at home because she didn't know when her groom would return for her, and she was to be ready in a moment's notice. The little lamp was a practical thing to begin with in a place where there were few street lights, but it eventually became a symbol of faithfulness on the part of the bride. Now the groom went back to his father's house and would begin building a bridal chamber right within his father's house. This chamber would be like a little house in itself and would be stocked with everything needed for the bride and groom to live in it for an entire week. They would have that first week to be able to get to know each other before going out to normal life. During that time, the father of the groom would be throwing a party, a feast for all his friends, which would last that entire week. Because of the party, the bridal chamber had to be 
up to the father's standards before the groom could go get his bride and before the father's guests would arrive. That's why the bride didn't know when her new husband was coming to get her. If he was a skilled builder, it could be soon. If not, who knows? When the father felt the bridal chamber was ready, he would tell his son, go get your bride. The groom would then send a friend or his best man to warn the bride that he was coming. Usually, during the dark of the night was the time these young Jewish men would like to go get their bride. They would come with their friends. They would storm the house. The father and the sons of the bride, they might put up a mock struggle, but the money was already spent, <laughs> and so they had to let the girl go. The bridegroom and his friends would come, and they would snatch the bride away and take the bride to the father's house, where they would enter the bridal chamber and be there for the entire week. Like I said, when I first heard this, I had several aha moments. There were familiar phrases that stood out to me. For instance, that phrase about being bought with a price. That is found in 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Also, in Acts 20, 28, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of God's church, which he bought with his own blood. These refer to us Christians as being bought with the blood of Jesus, his bride's price for the church. Also, there is, I go to prepare a place for you, as in John, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 3. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus is telling his disciples he was going to prepare a place for them, for us, the church. Also, it was only the father of the groom that knows when the groom would return for the bride. That's found in Matthew, the 24th chapter, when Jesus said, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And during the Last Supper, Jesus gave the disciples a cup of wine to drink. And they did. The church, the bride, accepted the bridegroom's proposal for all the believers in Jesus. Many years ago, a woman, Babe Smith, from a church I was pastor at in Oregon, confirmed this story for me. She was on vacation along with a Jewish tour group. One day across the street, 
there was a laundry, and here comes a stretch limo screeching to a stop in front of that laundry. And it was one of those where the, there was an apartment up above the, the laundromat down below. The people who ran the laundromat lived up there. Well, here comes this stretch limo to a halt there. Two guys dressed in tuxes jumped out, ran in to the laundromat. There appeared to be some sort of scuffle going on there. And in a moment, here comes these two guys back out. But between them was a woman in a wedding dress. And Babe said that her feet barely touched the ground as they brought her out to the stretch limo. And they almost just threw her into the limo. They jumped in there with a squeal of tires and they were gone. And Babe, she was really worried about that gal. But the Jewish people that were with her said, don't worry, don't worry. You, you just watched a Jewish groom snatch his bride away to his father's house for their, for their wedding ceremony. So that is still being carried on today. So what does this mean for us? First, Jesus was talking wedding talk to his disciples, which they plainly understood, but they probably didn't know at that time how it applied to them. If we follow the Jewish wedding, we can expect Jesus to suddenly snatch his church away, carry the church to his father's house for that week-long celebration. Please note that after that week-long celebration, there will be another procession. The groom and the bride will be escorted to the place where they're going to be staying. Thus, after the church is snatched away to the Father's house for seven days, or in the case of end times, for the seven years of the tribulation, the bridegroom, King Jesus, and the bride, the church, will be escorted to their home, the earth that will be renewed. Thus, Jesus' second coming. Now for a disclaimer. During Jesus' day, there were many scholars, experts in the law, teachers. They had this picture built up of what they thought the Messiah would be like and what he would do. Yet they all missed it. What I have just shared with you is what I believe we have to look forward to but many believe otherwise. Some have even tried to tell us the date of Jesus' return, but everyone to date has been wrong. So, Jesus could come back and snatch us away at any time. Or, I could be wrong, and he could come in the middle of the tribulation. Or, they could be wrong, he could come at the end of the tribulation. The thing of it is, the most important thing is, therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour your Lord will come. And also, so you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour you do not expect Him. We need to be ready, live ready. And the most important thing for each one of us is that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess 
and are saved. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. So all in all, we need to be instant people, ready to meet our Savior and Lord at any moment. He will return, but probably not according to our schedule for him. He has called us to be watching for his return and to be at his work. And the more we watch for Jesus' return, the less we'll be focused on worldly things. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we come in Jesus' name. Thank you for your tremendous love. Pray that your spirit would drive home to our hearts the need to be ready for you whether we go by rapture or whether we go in a car wreck or whatever might happen to bring us into your presence there. I pray that we would be ready, living ready, that Jesus would be our Lord and we would live like it. Thank you for your awesome love. Be with your people this week. Encourage and strengthen them. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. If you want to hear each week's message, be sure to subscribe to Friendly Words in your podcast app. May God bless you as you follow Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit.